Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. It's really cool for me to watch all of you grow pretty much every Saturday that I'm on here. 
I get to hear you guys speak and some of you are getting more elegant or some of you guys are improving the way that you're speaking and dropping the mics from time to time. And I'm looking around and I got so many mics on my feet. I'm like, gosh, how, what am I supposed to do? I pick all of them up? No, no, I just bring my own. I just bring my own. So understand that even when people are starting to bring the heat, it doesn't change who you are when you really know who you are. And that's what the part that I'm excited to talk about today. So if this is your first time getting to know me, I'm excited to be here every other Saturday. I'm a professional athlete. I've been working on this dream for, well, basically my whole life. But I switched when I was 23 years old to basketball. And people would have called that crazy. They're like, oh, you're already older. You're already so many thousands of reps behind these people that are playing and I'll tell you, if you're at a point of your life where you think that you're like, oh, I'm behind, you're not. I mean, you might have to play catch up. You might be literally behind. But if you truly love what you're doing and you truly find something, as they were talking about, that you're passionate about and that you love, you can catch up. And I remember looking at teammates as I was not I was not talented enough to play in some of the leagues that I've been in. But I was a good enough person that they wanted me around in their league to talk to the kids at the schools. They wanted me as basically a PR guy. And I wore that as a temporary badge. I wore that as a temporary badge. So understand that if you're good enough, you can get your foot in the door as a person first to be able to hang out long enough to learn the skills and to have the work ethic to become the person that you want to be, whatever that looks like. And I would walk past my roommate who was smoking weed or playing video games or hanging out because people are lazy. You can catch people. People are lazy. The 95% are the 95% because they are lazy. Even those that are in these other positions sometimes get there because they were talented or had that work ethic when they were younger. And so they, it's like riding a bike for them. Whatever that skill is that you want to do, sometimes the people that are ahead of you and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, they did thousands of reps when they were a kid, but what are they doing now? Maybe they aren't doing those same thousands and thousands of reps and maybe you care about it a little bit more. That's when you can pass them. And every single day I looked at my roommate, who was our best player on the team, and I said, I'm not better than you right now, and I know that, but I will be. And I'd walk out the door and walk up 1.5 miles to practice, dribbling the ball the whole entire time on the side of a pretty busy street, which I don't recommend ever to anybody because, well, if I made a mistake, that could have been really bad. But uh, I just basically was like, I want to put this much pressure on myself like I would a game so I don't make a mistake. And it was a good idea for me. Um, and if there's a different way for you to be creative and put pressure on yourself, please do that. So, but I have caught him. I'm in a higher league than him. I'm making more money than him. I still love him and appreciate him. But man, if I played him right now, I'm taking him down. I'm beating him. I'm beating him. And that was two years ago. Almost three, almost three, almost three now. I knew I'd catch up. And so just know whatever you're trying to do, you have to know who you are first and what you truly care about because once you do, it's so easy to fight for. It's not even funny. Whether it's a person, whether it's a career, whether it's anything, if you know who you are and who your true passions are and what your opinions are and what, everything that's important to you, when these people and opportunities walk into your life, you will not let them walk out because you will be present. And that's the goal. Of all the things that I thought about over the years, of how I can truly help people the most. Athletes, you know, entrepreneurs, doctors, whoever, whoever. Because I always told people, you know, that were teachers that were so fulfilled by it. They're teaching like the third grade. It's like, you know, it's pretty easy to teach a nine-year-old something in the past because they didn't have the internet. And I, this is quite a while ago. Or it was, I'm saying the people that uh, they're trying to teach. I was like, you know, teach a nine-year-old or inspire a 10-year-old. That's great. But how can you inspire the 40-year-old that already has 
you know, a million dollars in his name. Can you inspire someone like that with your actions? And you can if you are completely in alignment. And you can be the most amazing teacher in the world too to these, you know, nine to ten year olds. I'm not knocking that at all because I've had some amazing teachers in my life. If you're also in alignment with who you are. And I used to tell people that, you know, when someone was a kid and they grew up wanting to be a nurse or they grew up wanting to be a doctor, a lot of times it's just because of the way that a doctor or a nurse made them feel or a teacher made them feel when they were a kid. When they broke their arm and they fell off a tree and they had things that were just seeming to be going so bad in their life. And they walked into the doctor's office and had this amazing nurse that took care of them and made them feel warm and appreciated and cared for. And they were like, man, I'd love to make someone feel like that. That was the goal. That was the inspiration. Or when I had my third or uh, seventh grade math teacher that loved math and loved being a teacher. And I still remember all the quirky and goofy songs and ways that he wanted us to remember on how to remember the um, order of operations. I still remember all those silly things. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. And he called me Mr. Burrong. Because, you know, my name's Burr Wright, my last name. And he just loved being creative with all the people in our class. I grew up, and for a time, I was like, man, I'd love to be a math teacher someday. No. I wanted to be able to be in front of people and inspire them and encourage them and love them and appreciate them. And what do I do every other Saturday? I speak on the Reckless of Champions in front of 100, 200, 300, however many people end up being in this app. And how many people hear it in podcast form later? And I've been doing this since 2017 when I was doing my own podcast. And it's and I really highly encourage you to go check it out. I think that if anything that I'm going to push, it's going to be my own podcast that I've been doing for the better part of five years. And it's something that I, I truly care about people. And so when I'm speaking, I want people to get something out of it where they're like, oh, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. I haven't. I, maybe I stay, stop what they're doing because they're listening to me speak and they go try something that they haven't been doing. Or that's something that's important to them. Or they call the person that they, that they care about that they're having a hard time with. Or that they're scared about. I get it. I get it. And the reason why I get it is I'm in the fight with you. I'm going after something that I truly care about every single day. And there's so many times where I write stuff down. Because I'm like, man, today wasn't a greatest day because I failed in this situation. And then I realized that there is no failures. None. Every single day that you try something that's towards the person that you want to be, you are not failing. You just have to be patient with yourself because maybe you haven't done enough reps because you are behind, as we talked about. And you have to be patient. And know you know what you want it to look like. You know how you want to sound. You know how you want to be. You want to be maybe smooth. You want to be positive. You want to be whatever. You want to be... That's a part of your story. And maybe to your self-critic, the way you spoke today wasn't the way you wanted to spoke. Or maybe to your self-critic, the way that you showed up as you're right on your way to being a doctor, on your way to doing, you're having your new business wasn't the way that you wanted to show up. Maybe you slept. Maybe you slept five hours today instead of working on your, on your new business. Your story is your story. And you're, are you able to be hard on yourself at the same time while giving yourself the ease and the peace and the rest to be able to be like, hey, this might not take six months. This might take five years. This might take 10 years. You know, it's funny when people are really looking at being patient with themselves and they're like, oh, you know, I can be in the grind and I can, I can take the time that I really need to do to have these big dreams and big goals that I have in my life. Can you? How do you keep yourself present? 
And I think that's really it. That's what, that's what I was saying. The big sauce that I realized that I got really good at over these last eight years, nine years was being present as often as possible. As often as possible. And one of my podcasts that I did like four years ago that had a pretty big, um, I had a lot of text messages from or, or Instagram messages from was, what did Tuesday do to you? <laughs> and it's just so many times when people live a normal life around you, and sometimes it's hard to live an extraordinary one because you feel like you're fighting against the current. And you wake up and there's already three plans laid out for you of things that need to get done and people that you need to call. And then they have plans or afterwards because they're excited about golf or they're excited about watching the sporting game that's happening later that night. Or they're excited about this, the people that are in your life. And there's no, there's no knock on them. But maybe they don't have those insane goals that you have. Maybe they're excited about having that life they have right now. But that's not you. So know that, you know, I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning or 4 in the morning to come out and speak on Rex's Champions because I do want to have my big business in the future someday. I don't want it right now, and I don't want it at all. And that's part of knowing myself and knowing my journey. Right now, I want to be a basketball player. I don't want to be a coach. I tried it for a while. I tried it for a year, and I was like, "This, there's something wrong here. And it was, ah, I'm putting my energy into so many different ways of trying to create my podcast and trying to write my book and trying to do a good post every single day and then spending four hours at the gym that by the time I got to the end of the day, I was a walking zombie and had no energy for my relationships and no energy to try and do the other parts of my life that, one, that I wanted to do at the time. So I was like, easy decision. No. And I think the one thing I see people having trouble with when they're having trouble being present too is they're having a trouble making those easy decisions. It's an easy yes or an easy no. And there's a different phrase for that that you've all heard, which is, you know, F yes or F no kind of energy in your life. But again, when you really know what you're all about, it's so easy to be like, no. <laughs> By my roommate the other day, it was my last day in Brazil. My last day in Brazil. And I'd spent, uh, it was a short season there. I was there for three months. And very proud of how everything turned out down there as far as my story. If someone else looks at it, they're going to be like, oh, he was a failure. You know, he was this, he was that. Uh, it's in basketball. My agent wasn't too happy about it. Neither was the president. But my story with how I used to have panic attacks on the court and how there was times where my hands would go calm, like palmy or calm, sweaty, and I would literally, you know, knees weak on mom's spaghetti. It was just, it was bad. And there was times where my old triggers would show up and I'd basically throw the ball out of bounds and just basically want out. Like, God, oh, take me out, just take me out. I'm not kidding. And it, like I said, it's, it's been a lot of repetitions but to be able to have games where I showed up, made an impact, and did well despite what the coach wanted me to do or despite what other people you know, were trying to get me to do, knowing who you truly are. And I remember being like, huh, you know what? My story is my story. I'm pretty happy with it. But it was my last day, and I was down there in Brazil, and my roommate and a couple other people that had been on my team they hadn't been, there was two, there was a couple people that hadn't been the greatest to me. And I watched their energies. You know, they complained about other people. You know, they would, I didn't appreciate the way they called me gringo. I didn't appreciate a lot of some of the things of, you know, what they focused on. And when you're in a losing environment, they're going to focus on negative mistakes. And if someone would make a mistake, you know, they, it was like a huge giant celebration against that person. And I remember watching and I'd, I'd walk over to that person who's just getting ridiculed. And I'd be like, hey, man, we're good. We're good. Next play. 
and I talk to them later and be like, Hey, you know, I understand that everyone's kind of making a big scene as you're failing, but you know, we're all still on the same team. And can we remember that? It's already hard enough out there in the world. Can we have an environment and champions have an environment where you build each other up when things go wrong and you try and push them towards when something goes right, that's when you take the extra minute to celebrate and really uplift that person because he's doing a great job rebounding, who's a great job doing his role. And you'll see in your life people that are struggling a little bit are the ones that are focused on the problems and focused on the loss and focused on that and, and manifesting more of it. I'd, I'd watch a kid have to do 10 push-ups because he airballed and he's embarrassed and now he's doing 10 push-ups. And I looked at my, one of the leaders of the team and I, because I was new there and I was like, dude, what the heck is this kid doing? He's like, oh, he's doing push-ups because he, he missed a shot. And so he has to do 10 push-ups. If you airball a shot, you have to do 10 push-ups. I was like, why are you installing that in his memory? That's a 15 year old kid. And now he's doing push-ups in front of his peers every single time he misses uh, a shot that's poorly. And every time he swishes, what do you guys say? Nothing. You understand why you guys are losing in this environment? Because you're not building people up and teaching them. You're ridiculing them and embarrassing them. He's like, oh, man, if you can't take it, man. You know, if this, if this is just not the environment, it's not the environment. I'm like, okay. And what do we do? We went like 3 and 15 or 3 and 17 or something ridiculous. The team wasn't that good. Now, I'm all for a time and a place to challenge people to be better. To have jokes at times to be better, to push someone out of their comfort zone to be better. But once it gets past the point of mockery, when the intent is basically taking the pressure off of yourself, which is what I was watching, is people that were making their own mistakes but didn't want to feel embarrassed about it. So they'd make other people feel bad to where the, the magnifying lens was not in themselves. Now, I working part-time in my life and psychology basically and understanding human beings knew what was going on everyone else was probably just like oh man come on be tough you know we're trying to make him tough <laughs> that's what you say this was the environment that i was involved in so that last day when my roommate who i appreciated for the most part a uh, good person for the most part walked up and i was hanging out with my little brother online he's like hey man it's your last day like you know you want to go get sushi and i was like i'm good He's like, oh, come on, man, it's your last day, it's this and that. And I was like, well, my last day was Friday. And this was the following uh, Tuesday. I'd spent the house weekend at the house by myself. I was in a house of five people. And he's like, you know, today was today, you know, it's your last day. I was like, my last day was Friday. It was the last day where I had to be around that energy where people were mocking each other. People were paying attention to those things. And I realized that it was impacting me because I pay attention to energies. I was... You know, I, I got to be stronger. And so until that day comes, I'm going to spend as much time as I possibly can in my own growth environment with people that I want to spend time around. And that's what you guys can do. You can say easy yeses and easy noes on your way up the ladder if it's really important to you. So I want you to write it down today. You know, before you start your day, what is really, truly important to me? Because, you know, if, in order for you to be... You, to know your power and know your worth and know all these things that are amazing. If you don't know who you are, you're not even going to know how to act in those moments. If you don't know what's truly important to you, you're not going to know how to act. You know, the, the one thing I think about is those, I was talking about this the other day, is those singing competitions. You know, we're, we're a culmination of 196-ish people that we've met in our life that we appreciated the way they spoke. And so we speak a little bit like them. 
because they inspired us or maybe that we grew up listening to a bunch of comedy so we like making a bunch of comedy jokes or maybe we grew up watching a bunch of sports like i did and so i could mimic them immediately because i was constantly watching them and at two years old there's videos of me like pretending to shoot a basketball in a in a garage you know you we are who we are because we're creatures of mimicry i was i'm watching my one-year-old niece right now in Boise, Idaho, speak really, really rapidly because there's a two-year-old brother that's finally speaking full sentences. We're creatures of normal. We're creatures of mimicry. If someone makes something feel normal, we look at it and go, hey, I know I can do that because I just watched that person make a funny face and put french fries in their ears and pretend they were like some funny animal and make everyone laugh. And I know they made a bunch of mistakes when they were 16 because I've known who they are. And now I'm watching them live out their dreams. And I've talked about that before on this stage. When you normalize success, it makes it look really easy at times because they've done thousands and thousands of reps because it's what's important to them. And so I'm watching this of people make this combination of of people that are around them to become who you are. You're resembling parts of them. You're not assembling into them. So I want you to, number one, give yourself more credit. But number two, I want you to start singing your own tune. And when you listen to, uh, if any of you listen to like America's Got Talent or some of those singing competitions, you'll hear people sometimes they come on and they sing and they sound exactly like the singer. And the judge will be like, hey, you know, that was so good that I almost, it almost sounded so much like the original. It's kind of like a karaoke version. And it was really, really good though. But, you know, try and come back and make it your own. Or they'll give the compliment of, hey, I love that song. You know, you just took... You know, a song like by Whitney Houston and made it your own. And how good was that extra run that you add? Like you added a little extra at the top. You did a little bit more. And I truly believe that that's kind of the goal is, you know, as we're becoming who we are and we're starting, we can know our worth and know our power and know our whatever. It's because we're taking these versions of people that we've really appreciated and put into our own life and then making it our own and putting a spin on it or a tiny spin on it to make it your own. That's where the juice comes from. And I feel like that's how you stay present too because it's super exciting. So whatever you want today, whatever, something that's important to you that you're not doing enough of, I want you to try and do. And I want you to write it down. And, you know, they were talking about relationships a lot when I came into the room. And I was excited because, you know, I feel like people, I feel like a lot of people I've seen in my life settle. And they settle either for hookups or they settle for, they settle for a person that seems pretty dang good versus the person they just know. And I heard this a lot as a kid because uh, I asked my, my, my parents. I said, how'd you know? Like, how'd you know? And my mom had never been with you know anybody else. Uh, she was dating somebody else, but she had never, uh, she told me, I don't, know, I don't know what to believe anymore about what our parents say sometimes, but she told me that she had not been with anybody else intimately. And she said that her friend had just started talking to my dad and brought him into one of their dance line, line dancing clubs or whatever they went to on the weekends. And he walked in and she said, yep, that's my husband. And they went dancing and she said, we've been together ever since. And she knew who she was. She wasn't about the party life. She wasn't about the drinking and smoking. She said she tried it a couple of times and she didn't like it. And that was after she, you know, finally came clean and said that she did those things ever, which is hilarious, but that's a different story. 
And I realized that like, she's always been herself and all the flaws that I see in her and all the things that she's, you know, improved on. And she started walking and I just walked with her tonight for the first time. She, I hadn't seen her walk in 19 years, but she's finally getting back to that version of herself. But the one thing that I always knew is she was herself. She knew who she was. So it was easy for her to say yes. It was easy for her to say no. And I've had three people come into my life over the last, uh, since I was, you know, 18 and kind of dating people where then they've walked into my life. And I was like, yep, that's the person I know I, I'm supposed to be with, whether it's for a lifetime or for a few years is different. And I think that's God's story of helping us out in that moment versus the other way around. But when you really know who you are, it's easy. And it was easy for me to fight for those people and to be with them for, I was the first one for two and a half years. And it was an amazing, wonderful, loving relationship. And I grew and so much with her family and so many things that I needed to learn. And, you know, I hadn't had a father because he was hurt. So I hadn't had a father in nine years. And I finally basically had a father figure in my life and her dad, which was so cool. Cause talk about the first time he wanted to sit down and have that conversation of, Hey, this is my daughter. And I truly love her. And you know, you're going to take care of her. I basically cut him off and I was like, look, man, I'm not like the rest of the people. I don't party, I don't smoke, I don't drink. I've never done any of that stuff and I don't really care to. I'm not a hookup person, it's not important to me either. And I, when I met your daughter, that person that's sitting inside that house, I knew that I really cared about her. And the moment that I really knew I cared about her was when we were at the dance recital last week. And I mean, there was tears in my eyes as she was dancing and killing it. And then I looked up at you and I saw there were tears in your eyes. So just know that I'm gonna take care of your daughter and you don't have anything to worry about. And this is me at 18 years old. He he laughed and he smiled and he got kind of embarrassed because you know he wasn't uh, he wasn't prepared for me to say that. And then he goes, "Well, Jeremy, uh, shoot, I you have my blessing." And, and uh, which is something you say to someone when they ask if you want to have uh, marry their daughter. And uh, so that was, became a running joke over the next two and a half years of me asking uh, or my girlfriend at the time asking her dad if I we had her, his blessing to cook breakfast or something like that so it was great but understand that in those moments it was easy and so for those of you that maybe are struggling with relationships know that as you go find yourself of what you like what you what you don't like your core values core opinions and you write them down Keep them with you maybe for a day. Keep a, keep a pad in the back of your pocket today and write, write things down when you see, hear something that you just don't tune into, that's not important to you and you're trying to have a conversation, you're trying to force something, you're trying to force a visualization. I've said this before, imagination's different than visualization. If you have to force it, it's a visualization. If you don't, it's an imagination. It's for you, it's part of you, it's just ingrained. You, know, you can change those thoughts, but just know, try and start to figure it out. And I really, I've been going on these rants lately and I haven't been leaving as much time at the end, but I'd love to leave a quick five minutes um, uh, to kind of have a couple people chime in real quick and uh, we'll give some parting thoughts before we finish. So I know I'm cutting off quick, but if there's anyone that has anything they'd love to say, flash your mics, I'm going to check out the, or just oh, go ahead and open up and speak. And I'm going to check out the um, the chat too. So is there anybody? Oh, I hear a mic. Go ahead. Good morning. Go ahead, Mary Lynn. I love what you were saying it um, about the basketball and mimicking. My son did the same thing, you know, um, and he ended up being, you know, pretty, pretty well versed in sports, but that's another story. But then I thought about myself out too. Even in high school, there was a girl I admired and I cut my nails to match her nails because I wanted to emulate her. Or when I was around the friends that weren't doing the things that I shouldn't be doing and I was doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. 
or when I got around, you know, um, the friends who were doing all the right things. And I don't think it's so much that you're being bandwagon or, or, you know, you're just trying to be like them. I think that you can't help but emulate the people you surround yourself with. It's just the energy they bring. So, um, you know, I have done a better job recently about surrounding myself with those types of people and breakfast with champions is one of them. So just really thought about it, it goes all the way back to when you're two years old, you know, pretending you're a, a singer or you're a basketball player or whatever it is. So thanks for that. It truly does. And I'm spending more time around my two year old nephew because you know how easy it is for him to stay in imagination land and play with cars. Like, and how he wants to do it again and again and again. And it's so simple to keep a two-year-old entertained because they just want love and attention and fun. And I'm like, man, you know, that's, I remember how much energy I had as a kid. It's, it's, the, it's the same thing. It can go, it can go in any direction you want it to go in uh, as we're trying to grow and become better. It's the, it's the choices. It's, it's, and it's so easy. It's so easy to make good choices and be around people that you really should be around when you know what you want. And so, yes, Mary Lynn, I completely concur. Someone else want to jump into the conversation? I'm checking it out. Please feel free. Send Mike. Hi, this is Lori Clark. I'm, call I'm here from Kansas City. How are you doing today? Wonderful, Lori Clark. Nice, nice to have you here. Go ahead. I just want to say, you know, when you were talking about that coach, you know, um, making an example out of people doing push-ups, it triggered me. I was triggered back to when I was a child and we were disciplined by um, having to do hand, you know, st standing on our hands for hours at a time, standing in the corner, doing push-ups, you know, really kind of, kind of had a abusive stepfather. And so when I grew up and I, I was a really good athlete because all the stuff that I endured physically that nobody knew about because we didn't talk about it. Right. And we didn't know, um, because we were kind of isolated, that it wasn't normal until we became adults. So despite the things um, that I went through, you know, I, you know, had a very successful life and I'm still, still growing in a forever learner, but it just really triggered me that, wow, that might've been some of the things, like I use that, that discipline um, for strength on the track. I'm like, there's nobody that cannot run me. Nobody has been through what I've gone through. I've got more strength, more endurance, more power, you know? So I had that mindset, like that pain, I can handle it because of the things that I physically went through at home that nobody knew about. But I did never think, thought about like the mental aspect on the other side, like the shame, the guilt. And that's maybe why, you know, I lack self-confidence, you know, to be my true, um, to define my true definite purpose, right? Instead of being a people pleaser, instead of doing those things. So I just want to thank you for that because I, I really never connected the dots like that. So yes, I yes, yield the mic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Laurie, this is so awesome. And I, this is so perfect for everyone to hear before I leave the stage is the words that you said was, I didn't know it wasn't normal. I didn't know it wasn't normal. And that was the exact same thing that made you feel like, oh, I'm so good, and I'm so good because. Your work ethic and how much you appreciate and love the sport, I promise you, you would have been just as good with the other, with the other side. I promise you. Like, there's, there's a way of becoming tough, and there's, there's, there's something that is awesome, and there's, there's things that did help a little bit. I, I will say there's parts that do help in those scenarios at times to push into challenge. But you didn't know it wasn't normal until you just realized it wasn't. And as I was speaking to 
my therapist, we learn what we think we deserve, which is based on punishments versus based on success and celebrating yourself and loving yourself. We learn these things. And over the years, I was so hard on myself and so ridiculous. And it was ridiculous, ridiculous. I'd have a really good game and make one mistake. And I legitimately would hurt myself in a way, in a way uh, that seemed okay and seemed normal maybe to society. But when I really finally said it out loud to my therapist, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was literally self-harming, wasn't I? Like, because I thought that was normal. And guess what I would let people do to me after I did something wrong? I would let people destroy me when they'd made mistakes too, because I taught myself that's what I deserved. And then I would treat myself horribly, basically take myself out back and, and ridicule myself. And I'd hear one of my coaches walked up to me. He's like, dude, he's like, you sound like you're like your own worst dad, like yelling at yourself. He's like, you got to give yourself a break. And I was like, well, I didn't really have a dad. So I've always been really hard on myself. And I thought it was a and it's reason why I'm so good because I, I won't take no for an answer. Well, it was like, dude, you don't have to do that. I didn't know it wasn't normal to be that ridiculously hard on myself and to have people um, ridicule you and embarrass you and shame you. And I'm looking at people that I've coached over the years now, and I watch how good they are once I build them up as a person, as a human being, and, they, and I help them understand what they deserve and what they're worth. They still have the same work ethic. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. I just watched them walk around with a smile on their face and they actually know who the heck they want to be around and they know how to make decisions at the same time. And dang it all, if I want anything from anyone in this room tonight, that's today, it seems like tonight because it's 4.30 in the morning here, that's what I want. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know your dang worth. And yes, I'm going to push you as an older brother at times, but dang it, I'm going to care about you at the same time because you don't freaking deserve that. You don't deserve the harshness you give yourself either. You don't deserve it. And that's why when people do these self-inner child healings, they go back and they see that three-year-old. They're like, oh, my God, I just want to give him a hug. Or I want to give her a hug. Well, however old you are right now, give yourself a dang hug and understand that your story is your story. The step that you took today, even if it felt like a step backwards, is the one that you needed. Because maybe you do need that kick in the rear, and I'm going to kick you. But I'm not going to kick you with freaking humiliation. I'm going to kick you with love.